Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. My name is John McGee. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome, friends. Today we're talking about a leader's health, and I'm joined in the studio with Luke Friesen and Bobby Rodriguez. Guys, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Good to be Good here. To see you. So, Luke, uh, if you remember, was back in episode 85. He talked about how to fire people mm. and letting people go, which is a great episode if you've not heard that. But Luke is our director of operations and really one of the most well-read individuals I know around Great. this topic of a leader's health, and I think you're really going to learn uh, a lot. And then Bobby is our director of single adults. He is level two CrossFit certified, so kind of a big deal. And here's here's the the fun fact about Bobby that most people don't know was actually a hand model. That's right. So people right. would pay you to take pictures of yeah. your hands. Yeah, so I'm Hispanic, so my hands are brown. And so I got a lot of jobs like flipping burgers and pictures <laughs> of that kind of thing. It's just how they do it, I guess. So, you know, a lot of times someone tells me what they do, and I go, I could do that. I just, for the life of me, can't imagine somebody this wanting to pay me money to take pictures of my hands. It was it was the most glorious <laughs> job ever. Okay. Well, here we go. We're going to jump in here. We've got a lot of content. Luke, I feel like since you're operations, legal, financial, there's you want to make any disclaimers here before we get going? Uh, I suppose maybe one is appropriate. Uh, we are not dispensing medical advice on this podcast. Uh, so I would just say you're responsible for your own health, your own healthcare decisions. Uh, while we're sharing things that are generally well supported, you know, it's a good idea to talk to a health professional about your specific situation if you're planning on making any big changes to your lifestyle. And I would also say that some of what we're sharing is original thinking, but man, we are standing on the shoulders of giants here. So I'm not trying to take credit for a single thing that I say here today, uh, other than being grateful for the folks that I've learned it from. And then I've tinkered and experimented with a lot of this stuff myself and seen what works and what doesn't, but definitely standing on the shoulders of giants. Yes, that's right. So talk to your doctor. Um, we're pastors. <laughs> yes, and, uh, that's right. You that's know? right. <laughs> and so there is some really good stuff coming, coming your way here in a second. So let's always start with why. So Bobby, why is this topic? so important to you. I got to tell you, John, my, my biggest thing was I came to Christ a little later in life. I was 33, I'm 51 now, and stewarded my body for my own glory, truthfully. Like I was really about looking good, if I'm honest with you. That was the only reason I would steward my body. And Christ made a huge difference in my life, as I'm sure he's done for everybody listening to this right now. And what came across to me was 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. It says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourselves for God bought you at a high price. And it started to make an impact on me that this thing, this amazing machine that God had given me that I had used for my own glory for a very long time was now something that I could use for God's glory. And it kind of changed my perspective on all when it came to physical fitness and just general stewardship of my body. How I even viewed my own body was changed by that. Love it. So we're going to hear a little bit more in this episode about your story. Bobby, we'll, I think we'll end there Yeah. about the impact it's had on you and then what you've learned and what God's put on your heart and the way that's impacted other people, which I think will be really encouraging uh, here toward the end. Uh, I would also add that this is a good stewardship of uh, your leadership. whatever At whatever level, uh, you always have influence over people and a healthier leader is a better leader, period. And um, we'll talk some more about some of the downsides of not being uh, healthy, not being um, in shape, not having your nutrition on point, all those kinds of things. But th it has implications beyond just you. And we do need to take care of ourselves as a proper response to God. And then also uh, as an opportunity, the stewardship 
that we've been given uh, to lead or to influence. And uh, we just get better, which means everything else around us and under us gets better uh, if we're better. So, Luke, before we jump into um, tactics and specifics, anything else uh, at a high level? about? Yeah, I think the two things. One is there is definitely a burnout angle to this. You know, I was looking at a recent Barna stat on 42% of pastors seriously considered quitting the ministry in the last year. Uh, which is just a giant number, and certainly the only reason for that is not physical, uh, but it has to play a role. We'll get to that a little bit more, especially as it relates to sleep. Uh, I would also say this is a intensely personal topic for me. I've been the chubby middle schooler who got made fun of for being fat. I've been the weak teenager who could not do a push-up or a pull-up. I discovered the weight room in college and how little I could lift, uh, especially as I started And then I'll never forget reading my first really fitness-focused book back in 2005. It was called Burn the Fat, Feed the Muscle by some bodybuilder meathead (laughs) named Tom Venuto. And it kind of changed my perspective, and it just opened up my eyes to the power of exercise and nutrition and even the mental game uh, that's associated with all this, which we'll talk about more. Uh, And then, you know, in the last 20 years, I just turned 40 this year, so I've officially hit my 40s. But the last 20 years... You know, I've been uh, in my working career, the guy with a travel-heavy job that ballooned my weight from eating on an expense account all day, uh, none of my pants fit, uh, all the way to riding a bicycle 100 miles in a day, being 6% body fat, squatting over 400 pounds, uh, and kind of in everything in between. So it's been quite a journey. Uh, now, you know, like I said, I'm 40. I've got two little kids. So I am in this for the long haul. Yes. You know, the personal record days are behind me, yes. and I'm prioritizing health you know, useful strength, mobility, and Lord willing, longevity. Yes, that's right. His, well, his, his personal records are behind him, but I, I got to tell you, it, it makes a man feel a little less of a man when you're watching Luke squat. It's, yes. it's impressive. So I will say, whenever you think Luke is our, uh, in charge of administration, you probably have a connotation. I will just tell you, it's not that. Luke looks more, much more uh, like an NFL tight end than he does a church administrator. If we had the church administration games, uh, I'd like our chances. I agree. And, uh, actually, I agree. during the church leaders conference, we did a, a bit. Was that last year? It was, was yeah, the most recent so, one. Anyway, the the winner got to work out with Luke in the town center during one of the breaks. It was so we had a so good time. Funny. It was oh, awesome. So <laughs> funny. Okay, uh, well, let's jump in here. We're going to talk about three categories. We got some more thoughts beyond this, but we're going to talk about sleep, nutrition and exercise. And this was the order, Luke, that you you kind of fought for. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think it'll be great. Let me just say this. Uh, we're going to throw a lot at you. And uh, I think it'll be a really good crash course if this is something that you're not spending a lot of time thinking about, reading about. We're going to give you a, some really good information. I would encourage you to think about a next step in each one of these categories. And you cannot become Luke Friesen overnight. Is going to take some time and you're going to need to take some measurable steps and if you try to do 10 things you'll end up doing nothing and so just think about what is your next step though you're all adults you're, you're leaders you're smart people uh, but please uh, think about measured steps you can still have big goals that where you might incrementally ratchet things up but just think about the next step so okay uh luke let's talk about sleep why it matters give us some tips some things we should be thinking about yeah and uh, in fact i'm going to give you the whole podcast in six words Uh, So here it is. Prioritize sleep, eat right, and move consistently. There we go. That's where we're going. Okay. Uh, But obviously there's a lot more to it than that. Just eat less, move more is broadly helpful, but not specific. So I want to start with a quote. I was listening to a podcast uh, actually this week, a guy named Andrew Huberman, who's a professor of neurobiology at Stanford. And he puts out a podcast called The Huberman Lab about science-based tools for everyday life. Currently one of my favorite podcasts. Hmm. I'm wired to be a learner. So this is just right up my alley. 
a mix of the heady and the practical. Uh, so this is a direct quote from what he said. He said, getting enough quality sleep is the bedrock of mental health, physical health, and performance. The power of sleep far exceeds any prescription drug you could ever take, any health-promoting tool for your immune system or your metabolism, your mental function, or your physical function. Sleep is the bedrock. And frankly, this is something that I have been uh, growing and prioritizing more recently. If you had asked me you know, over the course of the last 20 years how much of a priority has getting great sleep been, I would say that was not even in the top five things for my life. Uh, but it certainly has been an area that I've been tinkering with and growing in over the last few years, specifically this year. And I read an interesting stat, and it relates to that burnout stat, which was if you get less than six quality hours of sleep every night, your chance of burnout goes up exponentially. Uh, and so sleep really is a big deal. Uh, puts you at higher risk um, for all kinds of uh, you know maladies and conditions, and really does put a ceiling on your health if you're not getting enough sleep. Uh, so a few a few things that I've learned recently about sleep. One thing is the importance of circadian rhythms. Uh, so I read a fascinating book called The Circadian Code this year, uh, which just revealed to me how much that 24-hour daily cycle is hardwired into our bodies and brains, even at the cellular level. It is unbelievable. And one, just a testament to God's design. Uh, but the power of circadian rhythms, the light-dark cycle, the wake-sleep cycle. Uh, and there are some things that we can do as people to powerfully influence our own circadian rhythms, which then directly leads to better sleep. Uh, and the one that was most interesting to me was sunlight exposure. And uniquely, oh. sunrise and sunset yep. light exposure. And uh, this was, again, a Huberman podcast thing, but he was talking about the unique power of the yellow-blue mixed light spectrum that happens only at sunrise and sunset when the sun is low on the horizon. When that kind of light hits our eyes, it reprograms our circadian rhythms to get us either ready for the day or ready for the night. Yeah which he's just thinking about it as a secular neurobiologist. I'm thinking about it as how cool is God for designing yeah. our eyes and brains to get our schedule in sync with his natural rhythms of the sun rising and setting. Yeah. Uh, so circadian rhythms, getting some sunlight exposure early in the day and later in the afternoon, that's key. Certainly there is a light game inside your house. We've all heard about the terrible idea that it is to stare at your phone or your computer uh, late into the night. So I set that thing down. Um, I dim it like crazy. I have the screen orange functionality. I, can, I think they call it night shift on yep. the Apple devices. I have that thing turned up to absolute maximum starting at sunset. I, I'm such a freak about this. Sometimes my wife who has her phone on what feels like full brightness and she's like, oh, honey, look at this. And I'm like, no, I can't even I can't even stare at that. Get that thing away from me. <laughs> Dracula. You know? I don't want that in my eyes. Uh, I have Philips Hue LED lights all throughout my house programmed to dim at certain times. So if you come over to my house after 8 p.m., it is starting to That's get dark. That's next level. Yeah. <laughs> next so, level. <laughs> so there's that. You know, the other thing on circadian rhythms is just when you start to eat and when you finish eating in the course of a day. So if you've heard the term time-restricted feeding or intermittent fasting, this is, I would say, less about weight loss, though it can play a role in calorie restriction, and more about when does your body get ready for the day, and it starts with that first sip of coffee or that first bite of food, and then when do you start getting ready for sleep, and really your body sleeps better if it's in a fasted state. So the general practice of not having eaten within the last couple of hours before you try to go to bed uh, is going to lead to better sleep. So that's kind of the circadian rhythms side of things. Another one I would say is environment. So sleep environment. What is the temperature like in your room? What is the level of light in your room? What kind of distractions are you exposed to? 
So some of my personal practices, you know, I sleep with brown noise on. People come over to our house and they think it sounds like an overseas jetliner because we have one in each of our kids' rooms. We have a brown noise machine in the hallway to cut down the noise. We have one in our room on my wife's side of the oh, bed wow. and my side of the bed. Oh, wow. And that so, is so Luke Friesen. That's <laughs> the most Luke Friesen thing ever. And uh, I sleep with earplugs. I sleep with an eye mask. And then uh, something from the last couple of years is I sleep with a mattress topper called the Chili Pad, Ooh, the which is a water-cooled mattress topper. It's just on my side of the bed because my wife would be freezing to death if we did this. But I set that thing to 70 degrees, and I snuggle up underneath the covers. It keeps me cool. I never wake up hot. Uh, so environment is a big, big factor. Can I just jump in here real quick? Yeah. The Chili Pad I know it sounds so gimmicky. It is. I, I'm a. I'm brown noise. I'm earplugs. As long as I am not up before Pam. Temperature. Eye mask. I'm the whole deal. And then chili pad is what we added this year. And I. It has been a game changer, mm -hmm. especially in the summer you know, when it's yeah. hot. And if you don't want to spend you know a million dollars a month uh, cooling your house in yeah. uh, in Dallas, Pam and I both have one. We've got a, the dual um, kind of you know zone. And it is, it's just made a difference. And so I thought, I, I just, we don't recommend products. We don't recommend, like, we don't have any sponsorships here. Though if but, they want to, but, feel but, free. Well, yeah. here's, but here's what I would say. this: If you have a difficulty sleeping because you're hot, uh, this is what I would say. I would think about reprioritizing some expenditure uh, in your budget to kind of try that. I know you can get it on eBay and all, all those kind of things. But I was thinking I would eat out less mm -hmm. for a couple months and get a chili pad um, if I didn't, if I didn't have one already, if yep. that makes sense, just th that I think it, all of this, that's just one of them, but all of this is, is so darn important to your leadership. Um, think about the, the long term. think about the net return on, uh, any money and time and, and prioritize sleep, however, however you do that. So brother, we've already, <laughs> we've already got a good book, uh, going here. We're like, you know, 15 minutes in, uh, anything else around sleep? Uh, last packs, thing briefly yeah. would just be the supplementation model. I would steer somebody away from starting with supplements. You know, there is some dependency risk associated with taking things, what's called exogenously that your body otherwise produces. So you naturally produce melatonin. If you take melatonin, there is a chance that your body naturally then produces is less of it, for example, uh, or prescription sleep aids like Ambien. You know, maybe they have a place in helping you initially settle your sleep, but if you become dependent on them, I would say that's problematic. Uh, but there are some certain things that can be helpful. You know, taking magnesium is shown to relax yep. you, uh, help you sleep better. So I just say there's a difference between hormonal supplements and drugs. And then just taking naturally occurring minerals and electrolytes and things like that that might help. Yeah. I was working last night, and my wife brought me a little magnesium drink as if to say, hey, big boy, you need to start Shut shutting it down. It down. Yep, that's right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. <laughs> with, with very little words, she said a lot. We're starting here, and it's interesting to say that you know we'll talk about this in just a little bit, but Well is a program that we do here, and we do little challenges in it. And the hardest challenge, the one with the most pushback, is this sleep challenge. We'll have five five opportunities to violate our sleep challenge per day and people will build up penalties you know like five burpees per you know whatever you do wrong looking at blue light or mm -hmm. staying up we have a the stress one is one where we would say hey don't engage in a stressful conversation if you can shut that down early so you can sleep and this is where the rubber meets the road for a lot of people's journey they're just i i don't want to do that i don't want to stop early i don't want to turn my phone off i don't want to shut my computer all the things that, that Luke is suggesting here. So um, this is a big one. Yep, I think this is the one I get uh, sloppiest, the easiest. Mm -hmm. And here's here's what I think it is. It's I've been on all day, uh, right? You know, 
uh, served other people, gotten everything done, and and now it's the end of the day, and it's finally some me time, That's right? Mm-hmm. And I will let that bleed into times that I should be sleeping. And so, um, but I was thinking this week about this, about sleep, why it's important, and I think we've talked about this before, but um, you know, you're less courageous uh, when you're when you're tired, you got a quicker temper. Uh, for me, I doubt God's goodness. Mm-hmm. I focus on the negative so much. So I uh, had a couple terrible nights of sleep for a lot of reasons um this week and uh, i told pam i was like this is the day when i will i will think everything in my life is terrible and i what i learned to do is not even like give it any voice in my head i literally like put it in a box and go i will not even dress uh, address this and sure enough some of the the crazy came in and i, I know myself enough to go all i am is tired nothing is wrong with my life that that's all it is once i uh, was back on track Everything's amazing. And um, the, the other thing I thought about, um, this I noticed on those two days was I had no big, new, compelling ideas. Hmm. Hmm. Of course. And, and of course. But I thought, you know, in terms of one of my roles as a leader is to, you know, think about a, a vision that we can all rally around and bring clarity to that. I'm just muddling through the day. And uh, which is a poor stewardship of the opportunity that I have. And so, uh, friends, this matters. <laughs> it's a funny way to, to start when you think about your health, sleep. And, uh, but, Luke, I think I agree that uh, it is the bedrock. And it, for, for me, anyway, it's actually the hardest one mm-hmm. uh, for me to do. So great thoughts there. Um, let's jump into nutrition. I know you have more than a few thoughts uh, here. So fire away. Yep, got it. You know, with nutrition, the core idea, I would say, is it, this is not about being on a diet. You know, nobody wants to be on a diet, which is temporary and restrictive. You know, the the phenomenon of yo-yo dieting is so common. You change your lifestyle for a short term. uh, You maybe lose a few pounds and then you bounce right back. You maybe regain all the weight that you lost plus some. So we're not talking about being on a diet, uh, but building healthy lifelong habits. So to go out to the 50,000 foot view, this is the long game. This is making incremental choices over a long period of time. But then to zoom down to the almost microscopic level, every bite is a small but important choice. You know, so you got to have the big picture in mind as well as a handle on some of the some of the details, if you will. So a few big things as it relates to nutrition. Uh, Some of these will not at all be surprising, but calories. That's uh, the first thing that a lot of people think about for good reason. So if you're thinking about the pyramid of what things about my nutrition affect my health and physique, the most direct thing is your calories. So your calories are going to basically tell you how big of a person you're going to be. So calories will influence your weight. If you're eating more calories than you burn over a long period of time, you are going to gain weight. And if you do the inverse of that, you're going to lose weight. Energy balance is a real thing. The other thing underneath calories is your macronutrients. You know, so within calories, if I'm pulling in 2,000 calories a day, how much of that is protein? How much of that is fat? How much of that is carbohydrates? And as I've read it, if you nail calories and macros, as macronutrients are called, that gets you 80% of the way there as it relates to your physical health and nutrition. Uh, And then there are other things that if you want to get into it, you can dial in um, that will take you kind of to that 100%, if you will. You know, when and how often you're eating uh, your specific food choices. Okay, so if I'm getting protein, where am I getting that protein from? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also supplementation and hydration. So those are kind of the five things, calories, macronutrients, meal timing, specific food choices, and then supplementation and hydration. So those those are the big things that I personally keep in mind 
in general, I expect that most people are not getting enough protein and are probably eating too many carbs, yep. maybe a little bit too much fat. Uh, and there are obviously the fad diets out there. You know, you could go keto, you could go Atkins, uh, you could go paleo, you could go all kinds of different directions. And as far as I've heard, everything I've heard, there is no single universal best diet. Mm -hmm. There are certainly smarter ones and dumber ones, um, but you do have to figure out what works best for you, your activity level, your wiring, your preferences. Um, so I would not be able to tell anybody, hey, here's the best diet for you. Yeah. I could only tell you what's the best diet for me based on a lot of experimentation. But those are those are the big things. It's good. I do think um, you know, eating less processed stuff. Yeah. Uh, macros are macros. I, I do think that's true. Um, and that's and you'll see a lot of books, you'll read them and they they will just cut off any dialogue about what about this food, what about this food, uh, and they just say if it fits your macros. Mm -hmm. and so you can Google that and find out, you know. And so it, I think at some level that is very true. Yeah. Uh, and then also I will tell you, I feel different after a sweet potato. Uh, or a uh, a truckload of white bread. Yeah, you know, it, right. I just do, and they, they are both they are both carbs. And so, uh, if you're not familiar with that, uh, look look at the whole uh, macro thing. Look at total caloric kind of recommendations. I bet you everyone does need to re up their protein. And, and I would say too, just all the processed garbage. I started that idea, but you will feel better if you eat <laughs> real food. And I tried I, something a few years ago. We've probably, a lot of us heard of the Whole30, yeah. you know, which is essentially yeah. 30 days without any sort of processed foods. And you cut out a bunch of stuff that uh, is potentially promoting inflammation and that kind of thing. And I was like, ah, Whole30, let me do the Whole100. So I went 100 days. That's, wow. Of course you would. Of, <laughs> of 100% compliance, most... Whole30. Yes. Just to see what would happen. And incidentally, that was my 6% body fat days. There you go. You know, and it happened to also be right when I met my wife. So oh. that didn't. Hey, wow. results there may vary, yes, right. but some of you singles out there, hey, whole yeah. 30, not, not saying it whole, whole 100, 30 <laughs> won't do it, 100 is a magic but, word. But I did feel incredible, but I also was not kidding myself that that was going to be the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. Because part of this is, you know, kind of the 80-20 Pareto principle, you know, moderation is the king here. Uh, I've heard it said, hey, be moderate in all things, including moderation itself. Mm, you know, I so at that. times I, I throw down. Right. I love eating poorly sometimes. Yeah, man, you put me in front of some baked goods. I could go crazy with it. Uh, I do want to talk later on in the podcast about the mind game as it's associated with food. But a couple other thoughts here. In general, you have the school of thought of being really precise on your calories and macros. And then you have the other school of thought of, hey, some general guidelines. And I would say this is based on your personality. I am a very detailed, specific person. My wife is a gist person. She would hate tracking calories and macros. It would never happen. Uh, and so for people like me, I use an app and I plan my meals and I know to the gram if I'm weighing something out. That is not most people's game. But I found a really helpful guide uh, from a, a CrossFitter guy named Matt Chan. And he was just saying, hey, 40% of your calories should be protein, 30% carbs, 30% fat. It's just a good general rule. And then how does that actually break down in real life? For protein, it's generally palm-sized servings, two for guys, one for women, uh, of protein. So a palm-sized serving of protein each meal. And then a fist-sized serving of vegetables, two for guys, one for gals. A cupped hand's worth of dense carbs, so think the rice, the potatoes, the starches, two for guys, one for gals. And then a thumb-sized serving of fat, two for guys, one for girls. So you're using your palm and your hand and your cupped hand as measures of, am I getting protein, carbohydrate, and fat at yep. each meal? It's really good. You can Google that, and you can see those those diagrams there. And 
so I think keeping it simple again, yep. coming back to that, keeping it simple. No, there, there is one Luke Friesen on our staff, and um, yep. no one can tell you to the point five how much protein they ate uh, yesterday, except Luke. And so, um, so keep it simple, and I yep. think that's a really good, uh, good word. Okay, something I'm, I'm just so fascinated by supplements. Give us a few thoughts there. Yeah, yeah, and if actually I could take it back one click and then hit the supplements. This idea of when do I need to eat and how much. I experimented with fasting this year, yeah. not for spiritual reasons, uh, but for physical reasons. And I went as far as a four-day water-only fast, just frankly to see what would happen. Um, and I definitely didn't enjoy it. But what it did teach me was you can skip a meal and be okay. You will and live. so what I would tell you is it's better to make a good choice later than a bad choice now. And you're, you could survive. You know, you could yeah. skip breakfast or lunch or dinner, even a whole day. And oftentimes the jitters that you feel from not eating, you actually need a little bit of sodium. So you could sprinkle some yep. table salt in a glass of water and down that, and you will probably feel just fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so back to the supplementation question. Generally, there's a lot of hocus pocus out there with supplements. Uh, a lot of this claim has not been evaluated by the FDA, right? right? So, uh, <laughs> but there are some things that are pretty well researched, pretty well established. Uh, so some of the things that I do consistently, I take creatine, monohydrate, uh, which generally helps with muscle building and recovery, but also has some really interesting research around it related to cognition and yep. mental performance. Yep. Uh, I take a multivitamin, kind of a one-a-day men's kind of a deal. I take fish oil, which not only has uh, cognitive benefits, but also uh, mental benefits, mm -hmm. shockingly enough. Man, there was a study that I recently heard a podcast reference, which was taking a certain amount of fish oil produced the same amount of benefit for mental health and antidepressive symptoms as taking some antidepressants. Mm -hmm. So am I telling you to get off those if you're on them and take fish oil instead? No. No. But there is something to be said for, man, fish oil may play a really valuable role uh, I also supplement with some whey protein. That's typically one of my meals, just an easy way to up protein in your diet, power, quick shake. Uh, and then I personally get a lot of greens in my diet. I make sure to eat, um, typically with dinner at least, a lot of green leafy veggies. But you could take some supplements. You know, Athletic Greens is one. There's some stuff on Amazon that generally gets you probiotics and greens and some of the value of eating your veggies, as your mom used to say, yeah. uh, without having to choke down you know, a couple of cups of broccoli, if that's not your thing. Yes, that is exactly. So bodybuilders call about their stack, right? That's, a, <laughs> that's right. That, that I, have, I have exactly <laughs> the same stack, yep. uh, except my multivitamins come from my green drink. I use a different brand uh, yeah. than you do. And I will say, this is just interesting. Um, I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast before, but I started taking, I actually went back and looked at my Amazon uh, ordering history. I started taking a, a green supplement in 2014 that has probiotics in it. And I have not missed a day of work. Mm. Uh, I've not been sick minus one day of, uh, I, I, got, I did get COVID. We were in New York City. I uh, went to a concert and a sporting event during an outbreak. I might as well have licked the guardrails, you know, the, hand, the handrails. And, <laughs> Hard to uh, dodge that and one. Yeah. So that's my own doing. But other than that, I've not been sick. And I think, honestly, think it's a probiotics um, yeah. and not that uh, anything else is, is going on. Um, your there, immune so. system lives in your gut, yeah. by and large, I, which is an amazing fact. I had to guess. And I also don't have little kids, too. So I, yeah. the, the Petri dish of an infection that is little children, you okay. know, is kind of uh, aged out uh, of our house. So, uh, Bobby, anything else here before we yeah, wrap the section up? So Luke has gone deep into, hey, here's some, some stats, here's some specifics, here's some ways, so, and talked a lot about discipline. I mean, 100 days of a whole 30 and then four-day water fast, like that's – that's crazy, but awesome. I, I love and I celebrate Luke in that. What I want to talk a little bit about is this idea of nutrition, how we come to it. It's just a little bit of exercise and sacrifice. Mm. Uh, my, my good friend Wes Butler on staff 
he's gone through our little program, which we'll talk about in just a second. And he came to me and he said, hey, Bobby, I, I just need a solution. Uh, I, I, I want to work out a little bit. I don't want to be full time. My wife and I can't spare the time. I just want to lose a little bit of weight. And I just said, here's, here's the deal, Wes. You need to consume less calories than you expend every day. Mm-hmm. And I gave him a, a rough estimate. Hey, 500 calories. Let your watch and your 2,000 calorie a day baseline um, tell you how many calories you've spent today. And at the end of the day, just spend 500 more than you took in. So he used uh, MyFitnessPal to mm-hmm. track those calories that he was intaking. And I didn't hear from him again for, I don't know, months. And, but I did notice him and it, he was consistently looking better and better. And I came up to him one day and said, Hey, what, what are you doing? And he said, I just stayed doing what you told me to do. I've been tracking what I've been eating and I've been trying to spend 500 more calories a day than I, than I take in and it works. But the, the key factor here is that there is discipline and there mm-hmm. is sacrifice. Some of that sacrifice is maybe I'm not going to have candy or sweets for a season, or I'm going to just pull back altogether and say, this isn't good for me, which I agree with. But if you do that, you will see incremental uh, gains. It just will take a little bit of yep. time. It's yep. not going to happen right away. So Luke is doing some, some really cool stuff, but you don't have to but you will have to make some sacrifice. You will need to apply yourself to what you're doing. I love it. Okay, there's so much here. We could keep talking. I, I would highlight the fasting thing. So if you want to go down the rabbit hole, look up autophagy and um, just the benefits of longevity. But again, talk to your doctor. Um, and that's a little bit outside the, the scope of this podcast. But I'm I'm uh, really intrigued by fasting and I've seen some benefits uh, for me. So let's, let's keep moving and talk about exercise now, Luke. Give us some... Uh, best practices, some ways to think about this. Yeah. So the first statement, jumping off of what we just talked about, is that you cannot outwork a bad diet. So good. That's right. It is impossible to outwork a bad diet. And so if you think that you can make bad sleep choices and bad food choices and then somehow get on the treadmill for 30 minutes a day and totally reverse all that, you are completely kidding yourself. Uh, and so you really want to integrate these three things, the sleep, the nutrition, and your exercise. So that's kind of thing one is you just cannot avoid the implication of sleep and nutrition on your exercise. Uh, so I would say that's kind of the first thing. And really, this is not just about what's classically maybe defined as exercise, which is the few minutes of the day that I maybe go to the gym or strap on my running shoes and leave my house. This is more about movement. Uh, throughout the day as much as anything. And so a practice that I implemented earlier this year, though I'd heard about it for a long time, is the 10,000 steps a day of walking, you know, of just moving. And, uh, you know, you see people with their Apple Watch or their Fitbit or what have you kind of tracking their steps. Did I fill in my circle for the day? I didn't quite jump on that bandwagon, but I did do something interesting and probably a little more wild, which was I bought a walking treadmill that goes underneath my desk at work. And uh, and he's not he's not human, ladies and gentlemen. He's not human. (laughs) And so I jumped on Facebook market and uh, paid a few hundred bucks for this thing, hauled it up to my office and uh, and and really kind of figured it out. Now, there are some things that I have a hard time doing while I'm walking. It is not the place for deep, thoughtful work, but I can do a lot of stuff. I can have a phone call. I can punch out some emails. Uh, But 10,000 steps a day is a generally accepted guidance for moving. And I would say, man, I bought a $13 pedometer that just clipped onto my belt off of Amazon. So you don't need some fancy smart device to figure out how much you're walking a day. Um, But I'd say try to get 10,000 steps a day in. You know, take the parking spot that's further away. Take the stairs instead of the elevator. uh, Just moving a little bit more throughout the day. So walking and general movement is the foundational of a lot of this. 
And then, uh, you know, cardio, this is probably what people classically associate with exercise is getting that cardio burn on the stair stepper or the bike or what have you. And general guidance from what I've heard and read is that roughly 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity cardio is a pretty good baseline to shoot for. And so you might hear it referred to as zone two cardio or, you know, getting your heart rate elevated, but you're not necessarily out there sprinting, Uh, but getting roughly 150 minutes a week of that is a good idea. But I think the big thing that lots of people ignore is strength training. Mm. And this is not about being a a bulky bro or a meathead or, you know, just making the gym your life and doing poses with your curls in front of the mirror. It is about um, health and longevity as much as anything. Uh, And I've heard strength training referred to as the fountain of youth, you know, and so that our bodies essentially, as we get older, you age because of disuse as much as anything else, because we are not doing the things that we once did. Uh, I have seen videos of 70-year-old dudes deadlifting 300 pounds, which is not to say that that's going to be everybody's experience at 70, but that guy is stronger because of it. And so what I would say is just doing cardio is helpful, but isn't going to be the full picture um, because you could easily be the 75-year-old guy who could run a half marathon, but you might not be able to get off the floor with your grandkids. Yep. Um, So that's, I would say, prioritize some strength training, Um, working on your weak spots, you know, mobility, dysfunction. (laughs) I played college rugby. I was in a lot of scrums. I have a bad lower back. I have to be very careful about that. My knees are degenerating. Um, I spent time, six or seven sessions with a physical therapist this year, working on shoulder mobility and lower back health. Uh, And so I would say if you have chronic pain or if you have inhibitions or restrictions, you know, consider investing some time in perhaps a little physical therapy, uh, you know, stabilizing your core, uh, not just getting out there and trying to squat heavy or bench press. But uh, but yeah, so that mixture of general movement throughout the day, some periodic cardio and then some strength training. But I think maybe the biggest thing with exercise is how do I do it all? How do I squeeze it all in? How do I fit this into my life, especially if it's not a part of my life right now? And so one of the things that I think I personally excel in, or at least try to, is minimizing friction between my everyday life and health. So meaning the harder it is to make healthy choices, the less likely I am going to be to make those choices. So how in the world can I minimize friction? So a few of the particular practices I have is my workouts are on my calendar. I mean that literally. It's on my work calendar. That is there. I see it. Uh, I have a Peloton bike at my house. You know, I picked it up this summer off a of Facebook market. It's just part of my new morning routine. I started waking up 30 minutes earlier, going to bed 30 minutes earlier, jumping on that thing first thing in the day. Uh, so five, six days a week even, I just get 20 or 30 minutes of cardio in, which was a totally new practice for me. Uh, I recently went to the doctor and just got a, a physical and whatnot. And he's like, dude, your blood pressure looks amazing. What have you been doing? Oh, I picked up this Peloton and I've been doing cardio for the last three months. Um, so I have seen that that's at my house. I already talked about the treadmill underneath my desk (laughs) to try to minimize the friction there. Um, I did a 12 week resistance band workout program Mm. for the first time this year, just as an experiment to see how would I like working out with bands? Uh, you could buy those off of Amazon. You could set them up at home in your office, anywhere. They're super light, super portable. You can get some resistance training in with those really easily. Yeah. Okay. Bobby. Yeah. Someone listen to this and go, I, my head absolutely hurt, yeah. and I'm I'm gonna go get a scoop of ice cream right now because right. I can't do any of that. Right, uh, I don't do any of that. The thought of treadmills, pelotons, bands, weights, mobility, PT, I'm out. I don't even know where to start. I'm completely overloaded. So, can you? What would you say? Which I've yeah. seen you do repeatedly with people. Where would you start 
if none of that uh, is yeah. on your calendar? So I'm, I'm just going to start with um, starting. You know, we, we've got to we've got to do something. And, and as Luke is saying all that, I'm thinking exactly that. Like, what what about the guy who's just sitting in his office right now and is wondering, Man, I don't do anything. I would say stand up while you're listening to this podcast there you go. right now. <laughs> right now, that's the way to start. <laughs> okay. And uh, you know, I have a dog named Millie and a wife named Stacy, and they both love attention. Yeah. And um, getting out and just walking with her m- makes my day, the dog's day, and her day. And that's a great starting point. If that can be, is that the thing that you can do? Move. I think the 10,000 steps idea is a great one because most of us have an Apple Watch or something that's monitoring our steps to be able to find some small goal to attain and then move to the next thing that you can do. I think once the bug kind of hits you, it's hard to stop that ball from rolling and you'll want to kind of pick up the next thing. Yeah, for sure. That's good. So I think body weight, you can do a lot. If you just Google body weight workouts, you know, you do push ups, sit ups air squats, some sprints, you can get a lot done and then you can progress uh, to something else. So you don't need a gym membership to even, even to have, you know, quote unquote weight training. Uh, you don't even need weights actually, but you get a couple of dumbbells, throw them in the backyard. And, um, and so, uh, and then I think Luke, you know, the, the takeaway is, um, knowing yourself, experimenting, um, I've, I've gotten back into some weightlifting. I, I have a hard time doing that during the week. I try mm-hmm. to go three times a week. I generally can find somewhere between Friday and Sunday night, I can find two, two blocks, which means I only need one more before Friday. And that kind of works for me. And I've yep. got, um, some weights in the, in the, uh, backyard that I can do some really high intensity, uh, stuff. I mean, I can, just completely lay myself out in 15 minutes um, that I don't need to go to the gym. You know, I can, I could literally come home, put my bag down, go out, destroy myself before dinner. And I've already, and I've checked that, that box. So know yourself, walk in the dog, you know, if, if you need an excuse, uh, get a hyperactive dog. That's and right. uh, if you need an excuse to get outside, get a hyperactive dog. So lots, lots of ways. Just, just know yourself and take, take a next step. And, um, you know, you don't need to be uh, on the cover of muscle and fitness for church administrators like Luke, um, <laughs> just think about uh, what's your, what your next step. So, okay, let's let's do think about Bobby. We touched on this a little bit, but yep. let's talk about just you know, guys. I heard all this. I'm a little bit on overload. Some guys are loving it. They want a part two uh, of that. Maybe we could come back and, and dive deeper. But how do we start? How do we think about implementing? Uh, how do we think about not? you know, not going hard for two weeks and then quitting. This episode will be released in January. So a lot of people are going to be thinking about this. How do we not fade out? How do we make this a lifestyle? So thoughts on that? I think Luke would would love to hear this part. Um, It's probably what he's doing regularly, but quantifying and qualifying everything that you're doing. So just keeping some records, really easy. And it's one of the things that I find the most um, engaging when it comes to my workouts. Uh, We have a workout facility on our ninth floor of our office tower. And all, all along all of the windows that we have are workouts that we've written down. And there are certain workouts that we go to consistently. Very basic. If you've taken a few weeks off and you want to kind of reassess where you are, we do a, something we call Becca's Back. And it's a, 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 a few different movements together for time. But you can do that in your backyard. You can set a goal. My son and I do, have done some fun stuff. Uh, uh, one push-up a day until... We can find out what's our max to push in a day. But while you're doing that, you're gaining strength. So there's little ways to, to mark what you're doing, to go back and measure, to test. I think that really helps a lot on the implementation. I love it. Thoughts on that, Luke? You know, I think the mind game or the mental game of health is just as important as any of the physical choices that you make. 
Um, back to that book that I read back in 2005, you know, burn the fat, be, feed the muscle. Uh, he had a whole section talking about your self-conception, you know, which is also a biblical concept. You think about Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I would say health and fitness needs to be an outside or not an outside in thing, but rather an inside out thing. So it is an outflow of who I am, not just something that I do to myself. Now, you're probably going to start by feeling like you are doing this to yourself. You know, the law of thermodynamics is still true. An object in motion tends to stay in motion. An object at rest wants to stay at rest. So there is some inertia to overcome here. Um, So I've also done some studying on the science of motivation. And how do you get started doing something and then how do you stick with it? And it's easy to get motivated, right? You read a magazine, you go to the gym, you look at somebody and you're like, man, I would love to look like that, do that kind of thing. You know, and it could be anything. Preach like that guy, you know, minister like that gal or, you know, whatever, something in the weight room. So motivation is easy. But no matter who you are, motivation eventually runs out. And that's not unique to you. So do not feel bad if all of a sudden your motivation flags. That is universal. Your motivation will flag. But the general progression is you move from motivation to discipline, from discipline to habit, and then from habit sometimes to passion. So as you can probably tell, this is an area that has progressed from motivation all the way to passion for me and certainly for Bobby. Um, But you don't have to stay or you don't have to rather go to the passion side of it. You could just stay at the discipline side of it, knowing that your motivation is going to go away. The next step is discipline. So the power of habit and the mind game here, I'd love to spend a couple of moments just kind of talking about that. So a few thoughts in this space. One is accountability. So much like the Christian life, health and wellness, this thing is better together. Man, view your health and wellness as a team sport, whether it's with your roommates, whether it's with your spouse, uh, whether it's with your friends, your colleagues, maybe even. Uh, Some of the best things we do at this well program that Bobby's going to tell about are the group workout classes. You know, CrossFit has become a phenomenon over the years because of... Uh, the group dynamic for a lot of reasons. Um, something that I've done personally is use this app. It's a free app that I found called Habit Share. And every day you just get to check. You could set up whatever thing you want to track. All right, here are the habits that I want to cultivate today. And then you set up your friends that see this notification and they can essentially subscribe. So I've done it for daily Bible reading. Uh, I've done it for fitness. You know, hey, every day or however often in a given week or month I want to do these things, you can easily track it. But having a buddy is so much better. Um, Another thing for me personally in the mind game space is when and where do I apply my filter, specifically as it relates to healthy or unhealthy foods. Uh, so I've kind of joked with my wife, hey, if this thing is in our house, it is fair game. <laughs> so I can't buy it. That's Amen. where I. That's where my filter Amen. lives, is at the store. I do online grocery shopping, curbside pickup, trying to minimize impulse oh, buys. Because <laughs> if it's in my pantry, it's going down. You know, and uh, it's, uh, it is definitely within limits. So I would say whether it's at home or at the store, not keeping the unhealthy options front of mind and front yeah. of eyes. Um, but really this idea of habits and rebuilding, renewing my mind, reprogramming my self-conception. Uh, to take it back briefly to my own personal story. Like I said, I grew up as a chubby middle school kid, you know, and felt like I was inadequate physically. And... Um, like I said, all the way to this progression of being incredibly lean, literally in the top 1% of leanness for my age group at the time. This was, again, eight years ago. But what shocked me was I still had the inner fat kid when I was 6% body fat. And while I've never had a formal eating disorder or something like that, I was amazed to see how unsatisfying being at that level of health was. 
And so it just showed me, okay, my identity cannot be in my leanness or my uh, appearance in a mirror. Um, and I've got to do business with this inner narrative of yep. who am I, my That's identity. That's right. Um, and then uh, a few other things that I would say that have just been really practical and helpful for me, uh, especially back in my consulting days when I was traveling and we would be, you know, at these corporate offices and there would always be pastries or donuts or yes. snacks or what have you. Yes. So a couple of my uh, three go-to sayings. So I say these inside my head. I've said them for, you know, years and years and years. And so here, here they are. One is I am a person who makes good food choices. I'm a person who makes good food choices. I say that to myself a lot. Sometimes it's out loud. Sometimes it's just in my head because you reinforce this subconscious message. Oh, I'm a person that makes good food choices. So that's one. Uh, another one is nothing tastes as good as being fit feels. Nothing tastes as good as being fit feels. This is true. So you better believe that chocolate cake is going to taste good, That's but right. it does not taste as good as being fit feels. Uh, and then maybe my favorite and the most practical is I don't have to eat it just because it's there. And that saves me from uh, the the break room drive-by oh. where there's the scones or the yes. donuts or the ministry event leftovers. And yes, there is a part of my brain that wants to just pound those things. But I tell myself, and I've said it for 20 years, I don't have to eat it just because it's there. <laughs> so that has saved me from tens of thousands of calories, I no agree doubt. With that one's so good. And then just to reinforce this, man, consistency trumps everything. We are not talking about making radical life choices right in this instant. If you're listening to this in January, your New Year's resolutions, we all know the stats on those resolutions. They go out the window promptly. Uh, so we're talking about the compounding effect of making small yep. changes carried yep. out over a long period of time. That's good. Okay, man, uh, you're such you're such a machine. But I, do, I really do think deciding ahead of time um, makes all of this much easier. And uh, so some of those things, I'm, I make good health choices. I don't eat uh, desserts during the day or what, whatever it is. Yep. And you just you've already decided. So That's now right. there's nothing else to think about. Yep. Would be a really good best practice. Okay, Bobby. I want to talk about what leaders can do for their organization. So yeah. we've talked, this has all been about us, and um, which is important because we, we have a role to play, you know, in God's kingdom purposes, whatever, whatever that is. Even, you know, um, for the senior pastor, if we are a salesperson for an organization, the way we show up as a believer in that organization matters. But we have people uh, under us, around us, above us, and we have a responsibility for their spiritual health, their emotional health, but also their physical health. And this, I, th I think I've told you this before, but uh, one year at our church leaders conference, someone came up to me, uh, <laughs> talking to me, which was ironic. And they said, why is your uh, staff so fit? And uh, it wasn't a why, it was a who. And I think you are a big reason why. Uh, I, don't, I don't know that our staff is uh, way more fit than any other staff, but we do have some some fit people, and and you have really driven that value through our organization. So, tell tell people a little bit about what you've come up with these last uh, few years and how you are playing a role in helping us all be fit. Yeah, I think the the first starting point was my own story, just feeling like, uh, man, I as a believer have for so long felt like I did not need to steward my body. That um, vanity was sort of the driving force in my life before. And that now my life was to be about glorifying God and knowing his word. I was behind the eight ball on that. I needed to catch up with all those folks. And I found myself really, unlike Luke was feeling the best, the way he felt was the best of his life. I did not feel that way. I got to a point where um, my body was telling me, hey, man, you're, you're getting old and you need to do something about it. So I just went back to the gym, started to look at God's word. And then I stumbled on a book by Gary Thomas that's called Everybody Matters. Yep. It is the quintessential book on, on this subject. I absolutely love it. It led me to start thinking about this 
idea of stewardship of your body. And then I walked into a CrossFit gym and what I saw in the gym was that it's everything you want in a Christian community, except the center of it was fitness rather than Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, maybe I can interject myself into that and uh, have an influence and see how that goes. And I, I was just totally dove in. I absolutely loved the idea of CrossFit, the fact that it was quantifiable, that, you know, that there were certain aspects that were, were measurable. And this is what right movement looks like. All of that just intrigued me. And so I dove in and then I started to see, hey, our church, our staff, our body isn't doing this. And we really should and could be. If the church is going to be the hope of the world, well, shouldn't we be the experts in mm -hmm. every category? And so I thought, well, maybe we could do something. I'm, I connected with a few people on staff, uh, Scott Kadersha being one of those, I'm sure has been on the podcast a mm -hmm. hundred times. Um, and he and I uh, worked together on this program called Well, and it's a 12-week program. Uh, we invite a specific number of people to come each time, generally around 20 folks. Um, they commit to coming. Uh, three workouts a week with three lessons attached to those workouts. They're led by myself and a few other coaches, people who are on staff who have some training in physical training and uh, PT. And so we have led them through a, a 12 lesson or sorry, 36 lesson curriculum, which helps them see the many aspects sleep. As we've talked about nutrition, we start with um, the basics. Hey, this is a football kind of thing where we say this mm -hmm. uh, protein, fat, nutrition, uh, protein, fat and carbohydrates. This is what they are and this is what they do. People from our body have come in and given their expertise to our curriculum. It's been amazing. But at the end of the day, what we see as our biggest impact is that people see that their body is not their own, that it's simply something that they are stewarding for God's glory. Our consciousness resides in these bodies, and it's really hard to make that separation, but we help open that door for them. And then what it's led to is really some great camaraderie on our staff. I feel like there's, of our 250 people on staff, there's probably 40 of us that have a varying exposure to our ninth floor gym. And we all just kind of uh, have a little uh, knowing wink with each other that, that we're gonna be working out with each other, holding each other accountable, um, enjoying what it looks like to steward your body for God's glory. So um, that's generally the the story yeah. of what we did. Yeah, and so um, at, at the Church Leaders Conference, we do a workout every Wednesday morning. Yes, sir. Uh, so you'll see and it's the same there. workout every year, yeah. so you can measure yourself and kind of see how you did uh, the awesome. year before. Uh, that's great, brother. It has been really fun to see the uh, the change uh, on our staff. It's uh, at 5 o'clock, you that we have a rule that you can't, you know, slam any weights upstairs during the workday. But at five o'clock, all of a sudden you'll start hearing the floor pounding because it's on the ninth floor and you or, can hear it. Or if it happens before five o'clock, you'll hear Luke's footsteps pounding on its way up the stairs <laughs> to tell them they can't be dropping That's right. the weights. Yeah. Generally, the weights are right above my office. Yes. So if were, anybody's we, dropping it, I'm, uh, it. I may go up there tomorrow. So if you want to work out at CLC, come on come Wednesday seats. morning. Yeah. Uh, every every uh, year, Bobby leads a uh, workout. But uh, that's an example that that's kind of on the extreme, you know, of how you can help an organization. Uh, Bobby's been really fun. You know, people just kind of chip in um, year over year over year. We started it. It was a pretty grungy little gym. Oh, yeah. And uh, however many years later, you know, there's there's a lot of good stuff up there, a lot, a lot of options. So you could do that. You know, you could uh, set the pace. You could say, I'm going to train for a half marathon or a 5K. Uh, who wants to do that uh, with me? You can talk about that uh, with your organization. You can uh, you can celebrate. You know, you can celebrate people that are doing things for their own physical fitness, athletic accomplishments, things like that. You can give a fitness reimbursement. 
you can say, and some, you know, you could probably call your insurance and ask if they would give you a kickback, but you could say, if, if you need 40 bucks for a gym membership or something like that, if you work out X number of times, we will give you uh, an extra 40 bucks in, in your paycheck. So think, just think about ways that you can, you know, make those around you healthier. And I would say, I don't know what it is about Christian meetings, but, oh, I do know, because it's cheaper to get the uh, refined flour, sugar, and carbs. And just look at what it is that you roll out for your meetings and your gatherings and things like that and go, is is this the best thing we could be fueling our bodies with? You know, can you make some uh, some steps there? And uh, But Christians, it's, it's hilarious. We, we roll out some really, really unhealthy stuff. Are uh, you advocating uh, for keto communion wafers, John? <laughs> There's probably a market. If ever there was a market for that, uh, anytime in history, it would be that. So I'll give you both the last words and then we'll uh, wrap up. Yeah, just a few resources that have been helpful to me. Bobby referenced the Everybody Matters book by Gary Thomas. Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. This is a great book for you to read if you want to think about the science and practice of habit building, making small incremental changes over a long period of time that can have a big result. My wife would say that was probably her favorite book of the year. She read it this year. Uh, Eat, Move, Sleep by Tom Rath is another really practical cookies on the bottom shelf kind of book as it relates to wellness. Uh, And then one thing that just came to mind where you were talking about running the 5K, John, is if you're starting on the couch, you can actually Google couch to 5K. And there are programs out there that just take you from, uh, man, all I do is sit on my sofa all day. And all right, I can I can safely and healthily accomplish a 5K. Yeah, it's good. And for me, I would say uh, Luke's going to give you all of the great stats. He's going to give you the great resources. I just want to encourage them to start that it's not going to be easy in the beginning, but it will be well worth it when they when they continue. And if they will just take the first step, be consistent. And like we said earlier, if you could just quantify it, take some notes on what you're doing, it will be a blessing to you. But inertia will keep you in your chair if you don't. And it will also keep you going if you start. Yes. Well, Good. There is a there is much to be actioned here, and we started in little end again with why. And uh, and friends, listen, your leadership matters at whatever scale uh, it is, and uh, you are a better leader if you are paying attention to your health. And whatever your next step is, I I just encourage you to take it. And it matters for your leadership. It also matters for your longevity. And you know God's got you where He's got you for a reason. And you can, by a lack of paying attention to this stuff, you can actually shorten that season. And we need more people to do uh, good things, and we need more people to do them longer than they are. And this is, you know, if we're just trying to move the kingdom needle uh, here uh, on earth, that is that is one of the things that we can do. We can just stick around longer. We don't have to be good. We just stick around for a really, really long time. We can, we can do a lot uh, of good. And so think longevity, make choices, develop habits, have conversations. And, uh, and I'm grateful for you both. I mean, it's been, uh, you guys have been a good model for me. You've been an incredible resource. I don't have to go down some of the rabbit holes, you know, um, where you at about metabolic pathways and things like that. And you, uh, you've helped me out a lot. So thank you. Uh, so friends take a next step, jump in, get some other people around you and, uh, pay attention to your health because your leadership and your longevity uh, matter. So if you have any questions, any comments uh, for us or ideas for future episodes, as always, you can reach us at clp at watermark.org. That's clp at watermark.org. We'll talk to you again next time. 